Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio for one till four, and after four o'clock, the iHeart app uh, serves up the John and Ken On Demand podcasts. All right. Well, we're all here, but of course, we're going to start with the big story that has also become national news. The shooting death of an L.A. County Sheriff's deputy Saturday night in Palmdale. Let's bring on Steve Gregory, because today they have arrested a suspect. That's the big update. Do we know who the suspect is, Steve? We do. Yeah, his his name is Kevin Salazar. He's a uh, 29-year-old man who lives in Palmdale. And here is the irony in this, fellas. Um, while they were having a vigil for Ryan Klinkenbrummer last night in the town of Palmdale, that's the tip that they got at the same time that led SWAT teams over to the home of Salazar. Now, they surveilled for a little bit, and then they uh, eventually took action. And overnight hours is when they went in and asked the family to get out. Well, Salazar refused to come out of the house, so he barricaded himself inside the home for for a few hours. And roughly 5 a.m. this morning is when they lobbed in some tear gas and got him to come out. And uh, he came out, surrendered, and uh, with his hands up, and was taken into custody. And he's being questioned now. No apparent motive has been given. And there is, I can tell you from sources I've been talking with, there's no immediate tie to any gang. Uh, whether he's got a direct or indirect involvement, um, gang affiliation or gang membership, uh, it seems that that's not the case right now. Any word on a criminal record? 
Well, when Sheriff Luna was asked at the press conference this morning at 1030 about that, he said, we're still reviewing that. So, so there must be one. Otherwise, there'd be nothing to review. Yeah, here's the thing. So uh, it, that, that's information you can pull up in a patrol car. You, you get a guy's background pretty quickly on a, on, you know, a background check. And he said that that's, they want to, they're going to be incredibly tight-lipped on this case, much like they did in the case of the two deputies who got shot point blank down in the train station in Compton, if you might recall. Um, we could we can get very much information out of officials then as well. Well, I want to know, you know if, if it's a, a Gascon production. That will come out eventually. But the other thing that they're trying to do is prevent any problems of being able to prosecute the guy. But if uh, I don't know if you heard the press conference, but uh, Luna did make a point to say that he personally spoke with Gascon and Gascon uh, said he would uh, use the full force of his office to go after this guy. So take that for what it's worth. Um, well, you know, yeah, we I know yet what the charge yeah, is. Yeah, well, I really want to know the context of uh, this Now, the guy's circumstances career. of this, Steve, is he just uh, drove up alongside the deputy's patrol car and just shot him? Yeah, from behind. Uh, it happened Saturday night around 6 o'clock at the intersection of Sierra Highway and Avenue Q, and that's right in front of the Palmdale Sheriff's Station. That's a pretty ballsy um, effort. Right in the middle of it wasn't broad daylight per se. It was dusk, but it was still bright enough outside where you could see clearly what was going on. And it was some grainy surveillance video that gave them the imagery of that gray Toyota Corolla. And it was after the press conference yesterday at four o'clock in Palmdale with the sheriff that led the SWAT team to that house. Apparently, after they showed the photos of that car. Uh, tips started to pour in. I mean, it was just, they said it was unbelievable how quickly people called in. And one of the giveaways in that photo, too, were those very unique hubcaps. It was a very unique design of hubcap that was on that car. And uh, they immediately got some tips that came in, and they were able to pretty much vet and find this guy pretty quickly. Do we know who he's living with in that uh, in that home? All they said yeah. was family members. All they said family well, members. We don't know if well, it was a wife or a mother. We don't know that. Well, at 12 noon, the El Segundo Times has published a story, John, I don't know if you have it in front of you, uh, by three writers who interviewed the mother. And uh, we're going to get into that in a moment, but we want to finish the details off with Steve first. But it does uh, focus a lot on mental illness, allegedly, of this uh, I, I suspect. Had, I had seen that in, in a story that uh, two officers... He is paranoid schizophrenic, the mother says. Oh. so Diagnosed five years ago, hearing yeah. voices in his head. Because I was going to ask Steve, they don't believe that he targeted this deputy, that he knew that, or he just decided the voices in his head told him to kill a cop. We don't know that yet. Well, no. And that could say there's, that's why they say there was no apparent motive, no um, you know clear immediate motive, and no ties to gangs. So then you have to start kind of taking it from there and finding out about his home life. And here's the thing. So if he is, in fact, a paranoid schizophrenic, um, they also found a cache of weapons. They said they found numerous weapons in his possession inside that home. So it also begs the question, so if, if mom was really worried about his mental illness, did mom know the guns were in the house? I, um, I read the article and I said the same thing to myself. You, you're letting your son, who you admit, because if you read the story, she's like, oh, they're here to arrest him for a murder. But what about the fact that he's been mentally ill these years and no one's taken care of him? I'm like, yeah, you let him have a gun? I mean, honestly? 
Uh, no, it, well, that, tw- 29. It's guns. 29 oh, guns. No, yeah. no, no. But because yeah. often in these families, the parents enable the crazy person. They do. They don't have the strength to look at the kid critically. He's still their, well, their you, little baby. If you think about it, uh, you know, you look at the Sandy Hook shooting. That was yeah. a situation where, you know, the red flags were up. And the guy And the guy had a gun. And he was, you know, diagnosed mentally ill. Um, then that would uh, also answer the question that, I mean, that question came up in the press conference today. Uh, th- the sheriff was asked about, you know, were you aware of this uh, this guy's mental illness? And the sheriff's like, you know, to the sheriff's credit, he's like, I have no idea what one has to do with the other, basically. It's not an excuse. It's not a defense. It's, it's he should have been locked up somewhere already if he's that mentally ill. And now he's got to be locked up forever. He got to get the death penalty. I don't care what he's got. Well, it, it was a, a pretty brazen act to not only just target law enforcement in general, but to do it in broad daylight like yeah. that. That, you, that. That takes a lot of balls. You don't get a pass to kill cops because you're hearing voices. Yeah, That's... and I think it's interesting that that that, that narrative is already underway. Um, you know, it's just kind of interesting to me. All right, Steve, thank you very much for that report. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Take care. All right, Steve Gregory covering the shooting of the uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy in Palmdale Saturday night. Uh, The suspect is Kevin Catano Salazar, age 29. And in this interview that the Times reporters did in Spanish with his mother, she said, my son is mentally ill. If he did something, he wasn't in his full mental capacity. They're not only saying that he's the one that shot the deputy, but nobody's saying he has a record for needing mental help. That's what I meant, like she's pleading that nobody's helped him, and now look what's happened. Uh, he hears voices in his head, sometimes comes home telling his parents or siblings cars or people were following him on the streets. Good, good. At times he'd grow so upset he would cover his ears with his hands, good. yell, or stick his head in a trash can to right. drown out the voices. Good. Excellent. And let him let him go driving a car around town, right? And let him have 29 weapons. They ought to throw mom and everyone else in that family into prison with him. They're just as dangerous. They created the situation. We'd ask him, what is he hearing? He would just get hysterical. He'd grow upset. Yeah. We, we'd try to calm him down. Often after such episodes, uh, her son would start to act like a child of five years old and ask to be hugged. He's, he's, he's got a, a severely damaged brain. You can't calm him down. You can't get him to a better place. It's impossible. It's brain damage. The brain doesn't work. It's never going to be fixed. You put those people in a mental institution. You lock them up. You, you, she you, said you that he was hospitalized up. in Silmar in the past year. Seemed to be doing better, but stopped taking his medication about 10 months ago. So, mm. But he appeared to be calm, so they didn't press the issue. If you don't force the medication down their throats, it's pointless. Now, Without the medication... Their brain reverts back to its natural state. The medication hides the symptoms until you stop ma- taking the medication. And then the brain goes back to regular programming, which is insanity and voices and violence. I can't believe at this late date in 2023 that nobody has a basic understanding of mental illness and how it works. And, and you can't teach them. You can't fix them. You can't rehabilitate them. I, I, I'm, j- I'm just shy. We're, we're like such a st- Stupid, stupid society when it comes to mental illness. When the brain is damaged, it's damaged. It's it's like trying to run a car on four blown tires. You can't. The car doesn't go anywhere. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a criminal record, but obviously he has a psychological record if he was actually diagnosed and uh, 
uh, we're probably going to find out that uh, the voices in his head drove him to yeah. kill somebody yeah. and the police car really got his attention. But the, you know what? The dumbass psychiatric industry, all they do is give you medication that everyone knows most of the schizophrenics don't even take. Because one of, one of the aspects of, of being a schizophrenic is you don't know you're crazy. You don't think you're crazy. You don't have that self-awareness. So, so you, don't, you don't want to take the medication. Well, along these lines, when we come back, ugh, I can't, every time I see these kinds of numbers, I just I can't believe it. Over a thousand bills are headed to Gavin Newsom. A thousand. Most of them horrible and useless, and we'll get to that. The one we're going to talk about when we come back is sort of related to what we're talking about now. They have passed a bill that supposedly is going to give them more power to amend the uh, California mental illness laws and whether or not we can take conservatorship of people. But I'm looking at the woman behind this piece of legislation. I really kind of doubt it. Although there are, of course, people in the uh, healthcare field who fear that this will take away civil liberties. Good. We'll talk about it when we come back. Yeah, you know, Ken. somebody should have taken away the civil liberties of this cop killer. We got to uh, start taking away civil liberties. That's got to be the uh, next frontier. Uh, Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere. It's the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. On the radio from 1 till 4 after 4 o'clock, the John and Ken On Demand podcast will be posted. Same show. You can pick up what you missed. So the word from family members of the guy who's been arrested for shooting the L.A. County Sheriff's deputy to death on Saturday night in Palmdale is that he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Which brings us to this story, because it's dealing with uh, the horrible legislature. They finished their session on Friday, which means they pushed through, uh, apparently a thousand bills have been sent to Gavin. A thousand bills. Anyway, we're going to talk about one right now, Senate Bill 43, because this has come up on the show many times over the years in the past. 1967, they changed the behavioral health laws, known as LPS, The act went into effect in 1972, and this was because we, well, they thought we were over-institutionalizing people, putting people in horrible mental health facilities. Uh, They were treated like crap. Many of them died of neglect, and it was all about just taking money and terrible housing. So, you know, they tried to make it, I guess, a little more difficult to get uh, what they call conservatorship. Nearly impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what they've tried to do with this bill, and it's from a woman that is uh, particularly out there progressive, Susan Telemontes Eggman from Stockton, a Democrat state senator. Uh, But it did pass, and it's on its way to Newsom, and it's supposed to change the definition of somebody who is considered gravely disabled. Uh, Some call it they're trying to modernize the definition. Well, they're adding severe substance use disorder. Yes, they oh, just a, add substance use. All right, right so the, the, the meth addicts and the heroin fentanyl addicts supposedly will be uh, scooped up off the streets, right? That's what you'd think. This act is only as good as it's implemented, right? Well, just uh, because it's there doesn't mean anybody will do it. It's up to the counties to carry this out. I, I, and immediately the response is, we don't have enough mental health facilities to take care of all these people you think you're taking in for conservatorship. Right, this That's is, why there's a $6 billion bond on next year's ballot. Did you know that? Do, uh, yes, Well, this is when they screwed up back in uh, 1972 is when the new law was implemented. It actually was passed in 67. And yes, Ronald Reagan signed it. And it was bipartisan, huge support, both parties. 
everybody was into this, but there was a part two to the bill that was never followed through. There was supposed to be tons of tax money used so that local and regional mental health and drug addiction facilities would be built and staffed and all these damaged brains would be treated properly. So they let everybody out of the mental hospitals, but they didn't, they built hardly any mental health and drug treatment centers. So they all uh, ended up on the street. They were supposed to come in voluntarily for this mental health and drug treatment, I, but I, I, they, if you, if, but how come, if that law took effect in 1972, how come it took until this past decade for this to get so atrocious? Is it because we passed well, Prop 47 and things yes, like that? Yes. We, when we dumped the prisoners in 2011, when we passed, passed 47, when we passed 57, when we got rid of, uh, you know, bail, when we stopped putting people in jail for misdemeanors. Oh, and the tremendous drug trade over the Mexican border, right? The border right. went to hell and these uh, Mexican uh, lab technicians are making incredible meth. The, and, and the meth is made up of... of of synthetic chemicals and the chemicals and the combinations that they use now didn't exist back then. They didn't have these kind of drug problems back then. People were mostly getting stoned and using Coke. This didn't exist in this form. It's right. extremely deadly. The fentanyl is extremely deadly. That was another thing that didn't exist in this form. And it's because they have perfected and they constantly improve on, on the synthetic drugs in these labs. The ingredients come from China to Mexico. Mexico manufactures it and sends it here over the border, and the drug cartels make billions. That entire infrastructure didn't exist 50 years ago. Uh, like it does today, not even 10 years ago. No, not even this 10 has years become ago. become quite a business, and fentanyl is adding to the problem. So it says here, under the bill, if evidence is found that a mental health disorder or substance use disorder is placing or will place a person's physical or mental health at substantial risk of serious harm, crisis teams and mental health providers can initiate an involuntary hold that can lead to conservatorship. Well, then my question is, who are the crisis teams and mental health providers we're talking about? Are these the little ambassadors that already walk around the outreach workers from the nonprofits who really don't don't look like they want to take anybody in under conservatorship? That's Oh, not the ambassadors, no. Well, I mean the outreach teams from these nonprofits. I'm not going to use the word ambassador. Oh. That's more about security. But I'm talking about the outreach workers from these nonprofits that are out there that we've seen. But ultimately, to homeless camps. You're going to you're going to need police with guns. Because well, how do you? That, no one's going to allow that to happen. Well, the then, counties aren't going to allow police with guns. To well, then they're not going to be put away, and this will fail. Uh, that's why I'm saying it may fail. It's only as good as it's implemented. Right. That's my problem with this bill. This is something for everybody to run on next year. That's all. Because they know when they go home to their districts and the primaries are going to be in, in March, right? The primaries are pretty close. They're in March, yes. You know, for, for the legislature. And then the general election in November, everybody's going to be running in their districts. And people who uh, represent Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, and all the rest, everyone's going to be screaming at them. Everyone's going to be screaming at them over the crime and the homelessness and the drug addicts and the mental patients. So they're all going to have a, a, a standard speech on an index card and they're going to explain this new uh conservation act that's and and everyone's going to nod and go, oh, well that sounds good you know i'm glad we're finally getting smart about this yeah i, I could see yeah well let's give it a chance and then and that's gonna be the next slide let's give it a chance right no, you're gonna see in two years there's gonna be a story how gee uh, newsom's uh 
Newsom's conservancy plan didn't really work, didn't change it. Well, I have to give it a chance. The funding is just starting to trickle through. That's usually what they say, right? The same thing with the housing bills, right? That's so what they said. Right? If, Give if it a I, chance. We'll have all the homeless housed within a few years. Just let us spend billions more. If I that thought we had intelligent people running this, then, yeah, maybe something good will happen. We don't have intelligent people. And you know we don't. We don't right. have intelligent uh, politicians and representatives. All right. We got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere. It's the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken on demand from KFI AM 640.
on the radio one to four after four, the iHeart app for the John and Ken On Demand podcast. Uh, every hour during the show, we'll be looking at more of the crazy pieces of legislation that passed in Sacramento. We'll get back to that later. Now we return to an oldie but a goodie, the price of gasoline. Uh, Jaw-dropping, right? John, we'd be, be, I guess we could be reeling and roiling over what's happened in just the last few days a five cent jump today on top of a 14 cent jump the day before the average price of gallon of a gas at the regular gas at Los Angeles County is making its way towards the $6 mark very rapidly. I was in uh, Florida last week. Oh, that's right. Yes. $3 and 40 cents. Well, we're rising to the record. We had October of last year and it was six fifty. Six dollars and fifty cents. Mm-hmm. Well, that's now we're, we're uh, heading towards six gallons, and there seems to be no break to this. Although Gavin Newsom and the legislature, and it's their taxes. That's the difference between us and everybody else. Yeah. So uh, the only thing I learned last week when I talked about this on the air is, and you're going to laugh, the winter blend is coming. So that usually drops the price by I don't know how much. Yeah, but there, there's a, there's a structural problem in California. The gas, the, the taxes are excessive. Period. They're excessive and abusive, and it hurts the middle class and the lower class, and everybody keeps voting for the same uh, jackholes who who steal their money every gallon, every tank full. It's fascinating to me. I Really, everybody ought to cross the border and go drive into other states for a day, and if you could afford to, and, and see what it's like in most of the rest of the United States. It's nothing close to this. Well, and you're simply getting bent over and ripped off. That's it. That leads us to this story, because if you think it's bad now, it's going to get a lot worse because the state of California has sued the five major oil companies and their trade association for a decades long campaign of deception and creating statewide climate change related harms in California. This is supposed to be like the tobacco lawsuits that these oil companies knew that their product leads to climate change and use lies and myth truths to cover up what they were doing to the environment. I know you're probably laughing, but that's the lawsuit. And the end game for this dopey Rob Bonta, the attorney general, is to take billions from them. Yeah, That's well, what he probably wants to shake them down for money. Oh, what do you think is going to happen to your gas prices then in California? It's, it's a mafia shakedown. That's, that, that's all it is. It's a preposterous lawsuit. Anybody can file a lawsuit, and anybody can hire some uh, some scumbag lawyers to create uh, complicated legal arguments that are nonsense. It's easy to do, and Bonta can spend our tax money on an absurd lawsuit because hey, he wants to be the next governor after Newsom, so well, he wants to. He wants this could all- lead to an absurd judge and an absurd jury and a finding against the, the oil companies, yeah, well, and, and they'll just turn around and either leave the state, which further diminishes the supply, mm-hmm. or raise your gas prices. But they don't. That's what's going to happen with this. They they don't care. All a, a guy like Bonta, like Newsom, they're in a cult, and when when people are religious fundamentalists. They do irrational, crazy things. How many times have you seen it on television? A group of fundamentalist uh, re- re- religious people went on a rampage today. Uh, they, they, they're, they're crazy. They're insane. Wars are started over religion. That's what this is. This is a religious war that they've declared on the oil companies and really on us. Because we, well, we, have, we, have, we have to pay for this nonsense. And they're trying to force people into electric cars. And electric cars suck. You know, the, the whole electric car system doesn't work. And everybody knows it doesn't work. 
And not on a mass basis. You are right. No, it, does not it doesn't. It absolutely, it absolutely doesn't. But you know what? The public's onto this because I heard a business report this morning uh, where a reporter said he talked to uh, a Ford dealer who has rows and rows and rows of cars on his lot. And guy asked him, it's like, what are all these cars on the lot? Oh, those are the electric cars that the government is forcing us to sell, but nobody wants them. Well, save it for next hour because you are going to get into the United Auto Workers strike because there is, of course, a huge connection to the electric vehicle story. So we'll get to that after two o'clock. Bonta wants to create, oh my God, a nuisance abatement fund. So he's going to take, and I'm just using a figure, the billions he's going to get from these oil companies and use it to try to uh, repair destruction caused by the pollution. I have no idea what There's this no destruction in the state of California. It's just a and, way of and, dragging money into the state coffers is all this is. It's not pollution, and there's no destruction. There's been no damage to the state of California because of their alleged climate change. What damage? What pollution? Carbon dioxide is a, a natural element in the atmosphere, and it's what keeps trees and plants alive. It's what we exhale. So the idea that what we exhale and what trees and plants inhale is pollution is completely, utterly absurd. This, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you could have an argument where there's some good points to the argument. You can see both sides, all that. There's nothing here. There's no such thing as this being pollution. That's a made-up term. Because people weren't responding to their original arguments. They have been selling this now uh, for uh, over 25 years. And people weren't buying for a long time. So they had to change the language, right? They didn't, they didn't buy global warming because, you know, people kept enjoying bad winters. Oh, I can't call it global warming. Oh, I got to call it climate change. Oh, we've got, we got to call it pollution now. It's, it's, and, 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 you know, most look, half the public has an IQ of, uh, of uh, average or below. Okay, half the, half the public is below 100 on the IQ scale. So what do you think? You think you're going to be able to teach them the nuances of climate change, the nuances of the law? No. Well, that's why they're so easily uh, stirred up by warm summers. And that's all the media has to do is run stories about it's killing us. Do something. And they well, it's not killing stuff. us. It's not. More, way more people but the times to say the August well, was the hottest on the planet's history, the, they said the, the other day. The, the Times doesn't know that. That's impossible to know. That is complete nonsense. Recorded history. You know what? I read something uh, last night. I was reading National Geographic. And this is going to sound stupid, but just bear with me for 10 seconds. They had a story on cedar trees in North Carolina, a cedar tree forest. Don't ask me why I was reading this. And in the middle of the story, they talked about what they did is they drilled into the core of a cedar tree that was 1,000 or 2,000 years old. And then they looked at the core sample that they pulled out. And they found out that there was a really, really long drought in the 1500s. And the scientists said, wow, wow, there's nothing in the last century that comes anywhere near what was going on in North Carolina in the 1400s. They, they had an extremely long drought. Went on for decades and decades. And I looked at that. I was like, yeah. Wow, how, how many... Uh, how many uh, how many cars were, were being driven around in North Carolina in 1460? But they had a big drought, and probably it was really hot. It, this is uh, nonsense. 
They've I made this assume up. You had a very long, boring vacation reading about cedar trees. No, I, I had a flight yesterday from the East Coast, and I was very tired last night. But I was trying to keep myself awake so I could adjust to the time difference. So there was a National Geographic lying around, and I thought I'd force myself to read it and pick it up. And I got engrossed in this cedar tree article. Okay. We got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark, by the way, she's wearing... <laughs> intellectual glasses now as she reads the news she's yes, trying I to am. change her image i am yeah i, I want to be taken more seriously Ken, right so right. i have to work so that glasses. you got an extra like you know 30 iq points right there with the glasses oh thank you yeah. all right you're listening to john and ken on demand from kfi am 640 all right coming up after two o'clock I thought I was hearing things when the United what? Auto Workers went on strike, but uh, it's real. And we'll get to the bottom of it. It has a lot to do with electric vehicle production. So we'll get into that after the news at 2 o'clock. Uh, the shocking story Friday that an armed man showed up at a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. rally in Los Angeles, dressed up like a U.S. Marshal, raised a lot of alarms. Apparently... RFK Jr. was speaking at a Hispanic Heritage event at the Wilshire Ebell Theater, uh, which wasn't really that far from where uh, his father was killed, Robert F. Kennedy. No, just a mile or two. Just a mile or two. So uh, what we've learned about Adrian Paul Espuro, the 44-year-old who has been detained, brings us back to what we talked about earlier this hour, conservatorship. Holy Mackerel. It turns out he's a huge anti-vaxxer. He's a big Trump fan. Um, his brother, I think, described him best. The Daily Beast had a chance to talk to his brother, Raymond. Raymond confirmed that his brother remains in custody, but called BS on Kennedy's claim that the accused attempted to approach him. Because Kennedy put out a press release uh, thanking uh, security and such for uh, detaining this man. Uh, it says here, uh, Raymond Espiro, the brother, said police also detained him at the theater and searched his vehicle. He highlighted videos posted online showing cops cuffing his brother on the sidewalk outside the Wilshire Ebell. He said his brother is an unemployed EMT who lives with their parents, does not have a car, asked him for a ride to what the accused told them was a single-day security job. The brother said he told me he was in communication with someone about a gig. A private contract gig, a one-time deal, and he had to go that day to work it. I don't know who he talks to or what. I just get whatever vague information he gives me. Well, his imaginary friends hired him. Yeah, so he went there dressed up like he was an official martial security guy because in his brain, uh, some voice must have been telling him, they need me. Where did he I'm going to go there. Where did he get the uniform? Uh, you can probably buy that stuff online. You can find a U.S. Marshal's uniform? Well, it looks close enough Close to enough? It. Yeah, it says here he has a shoulder holster, holsters, identical right. shirts that look like the sunglasses. Uh, apparently, he's he's, po he's posted a lot of stuff to TikTok uh, dealing great. with... Um, Every um, schizophrenic has their own uh, social media show. Uh, Isn't that great? Yeah, his brother says that he spends a lot of time watching videos about aliens. Uh, space aliens, yeah. See, ought by to the way. Be, ought to be locked up. I just looked up. You know how many uh, paranoid schizophrenics there are in America? Almost 3 million. Wow. Well, think about that. 
almost 3 million people are wandering around living in an imaginary world where, where they have all kinds of fake people talking to them all day. They can see them. They're being spoken to. The dogs are talking to them. Uh, he really has a, a, a strong slant against vaccines. But uh, apparently he expressed a belief that uh, his own name has a special numerological significance. And yeah, uh, okay. he had a desire to communicate with uh, uh, motorcycle gangs. Mm -hmm. Wow. Why is he going uh, after Robert Kennedy? If, uh, Kennedy's, I, because uh, they, they would share, right. Big anti-vax. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe in his head he was going there to help and protect RFK Jr. But it says here, according to his brother, he is a Trump fan. I mean, you could be both, I can, guess. Can you imagine being Kennedy, though? Uh, I, just, I'm I'm amazed he's running for office. You mean just the nervousness the, the, over the, the legacy the, the of family? Uh, yeah, the family history. Because uh, lunatics like this character, I don't care what he says. What you're looking at is a guy in a fake federal law enforcement uniform and a loaded gun, and he's going to attend a Robert Kennedy event uh, two miles from where the guy's dad got assassinated. And RFK in his message, RFK Jr. added, I am the only presidential candidate in history who does not have Secret Service protection. My request was denied. Well, I don't know if that's true. He's still hoping Biden will allow him Secret Service protection. You have to hit, you're supposed to hit two criteria. First of all, it is, it is subjective up to a point, right? They're not going to give every candidate Secret Service protection. But yeah. once you're within a certain time frame of the primary season, then you can get it if you have 5% of the vote in the polls. Now, he, oh. do, he does have that on the Democratic side. Uh, right. It's just not primary season yet. Maybe, I don't know, when that officially is the window. Oh, that might kick in yeah. at some point. But, yeah. I mean, Biden's administration could choose to give him Secret Service protection. But uh, they said no. Draw your own dark conclusion. Let the goat hang in the wind. All right, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? 
facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.